And and our first guest is uh, Senator Timmy Dooley. Senator uh, uh, Timmy, you're very, very welcome. Thanks very much, Carol. Yeah. Thank you. It's great to Hi, have, you, have you here. Now, Timmy, you have been um, on our TVs quite a bit this week and on the radio because you have, you're one of the few people I'd say we know around here that certainly has a sat, I believe, in Lviv. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. You've been to Ukraine and to, the, and to the Polish border. Tell me about the purpose of the trip, okay? Yes. So there's just a, a little background to it. Um, all the main political parties in Ireland are linked to groupings within Europe. So Fianna Fáil is no different. We're linked to a grouping or a, a effectively a European party that has its members in other different jurisdictions called ALDE, and it's the Alliance for Liberals and Democrats. So that's a, a, a European party. Fianna Fáil are affiliated to it. And I have been um, on the executive of that for the past seven or eight years as the Fianna Fáil representative. I suppose, sadly, the president of that party, who was from the Netherlands, uh, died about a, year, about a year ago. And I was one of the longest-serving vice presidents. Um, and I was asked to take on the role of president. Um, so in that role, we're obviously dealing with the various different parties on an ongoing basis. And we'd had an application from, for some time from a Ukrainian party, Servant of the People, which is the party of President Zelensky. Um, and so we were going through the process of having them become members of that grouping. And in fact, there was, there's a meeting in Dublin in June where they were going to be confirmed as full active yes, members okay. of it. Because so Even though outside of the oh, EU, outside of the EU yeah. the, these parties Bringing spread their boards. If you take, say, the Fine Gael party are linked to the European People's Party yeah. and they'll have an affiliate party in the Ukraine. In fact, we even have a party in Russia. Yeah. Um, so, so it's 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 across the continent of Europe, and it usually operates nice and quietly, and we don't have any fuss. And we have the odd meeting in Brussels every four to five months, and we've been doing it on Zoom. But in any event, um, the decision was taken uh, by the group Aldi group of parties um, that that I, as the acting president, would go and meet some of the Servant of the People Party uh, on the Polish-Ukrainian border, just to see at first hand, I suppose, the kind of situation that the refugees um, were, were encountering when they, when they get to the border and when they come across, uh, with a view to reporting back to the other member parties around, around Europe what the situation was and what more we could do. So I travelled to uh, eastern Poland last Saturday, not there Saturday night, um, made contact with the people who I know on the other side would be members of, 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 of the political party there um, and they arranged that we'd meet on, on Sunday morning but they got held up and then asked us if we would travel to Lviv which is about 100, about 100 kilometres, maybe 120 uh, into Ukraine. So having checked with their security people, assessed that it was reasonably safe to do so uh, that there was no military operations um, in the in 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 that zone. Um, we we travelled on to Lviv and we met with the mayor Sorry, and the governor. It's, it's actually the capital of Ukraine, though, isn't it? Uh, uh, no, Kiev is the capital, so Lviv, Lviv is is kind of it's kind of the capital of the region, I suppose. Yeah. It'd be like us saying that. Um, Ennis, of course, we're in East Clare. Scarif is yeah. the capital of the region. So, I so yeah, no, the, the, capital. That, the capital is a good bit further on. Um, it's a very important place, though, isn't it? Because it that's is. where people are gathering it, to leave. Yeah, so so what you're there. happening is in the likes of Maripol, which is in the south on the Black Sea, you have Kharkiv uh, in the east and places you, you will have seen. 
um, that Irish student who got through during the week. Yes, that area is heavily, so, me, that heavily, that area is heavily bombarded by the Russians because it's closer to their border, yeah. and they're they're fleeing then to 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 Lviv as because there's good train connections to there as a kind of a staging post, and um, they're getting then put on trains and taken to the border and buses to the border from there. So we got to meet with the governor and the mayor. And the governor, it's interesting, you learn a lot along the way. The governor, who, who would normally be kind of head of administration, is now in charge of the entire region because martial law has been brought in there. Yes. So he's now the army's man mm-hmm. and everything he says goes, even though normally the mayor might have control. Now, the two of them are working very well together. It's it's, yes. it's just all about the way the military so kind has of... So very federal then in the way that... They're, they're it, I, I didn't get that sense yeah. really, um, and I even though there's a lot of military and a lot of police, they're all working very well together, and the public are cooperating. So you you often hear of martial law being yeah. implemented. So I didn't hear that it was martial law till we got to the other side, and you know you have yes. your own kind of views of what martial law is, the army in control, but the people are really, I suppose, they're they're accepting of of, of everything, um, and they're remaining fully in order. Uh, like the thing that shocked me most anyway was to see a queue of of cars in the line for you know where they have to be processed of up to 20 kilometers and then further on people queuing for five kilometers on foot who who got there and were dropped off by their husbands because it's only women and children are being let across or elderly men um I think it's above 65 who are, who are not considered yeah. eligible to fight. it's over 16, which seems very... It does. It does. It does. And I, I said that to the... I think it was to the mayor, and he said, the difficulty we have is making sure they're over 16 because there's 14-year-olds sure and 15-year-olds who look 16 or, or 17, 17 yeah. and they want to tug out, you know. Yeah. Such is the kind of... Um, desire to protect their their, yeah. their their country and their people. And what then, was the atmosphere like there? Well, on the border, it was it was. I, I felt it was quite fragile because even though people had travelled long distances, had reached there, they were almost there. But yet, you know, they're still queuing for maybe two days, and you just felt anything could set this off because you've so many people. You have a you have the border guard and the police, but. They, they pale in terms of numbers by comparison to the sheer volume of people. Yeah. And it's the only time that I've ever really been concerned in a crowd, you know, what could what could set this off, yes, that they yes. would try to run the border yes. or if there was, you know, uh, any kind of conflict or anything that started a, a confrontation. Just the sheer volume of people, if they if they if they all come at the could same ignite, point, could ignite what would happen. Much cooperation between people. There is, and and that, I suppose it's just those that got to the border at least could see some sense of, I mean, oh, yeah. and it isn't a lot when you think where they're, where they're heading to or they have no idea where they're going, but, but it's better some than... some light. Some light. They're better than where they have come from. Um, that, that was the, the hardest thing because they had no shelter. Um, the, the aid agencies hadn't managed to get in to, to set up, uh, you know, what you might see, those large tents or shelter areas. So queuing for two days um, and they're all vulnerable, like it's children, it's people with disabilities on wheelchairs. At night, getting down to minus five. And small um, children. Small children. Now they they were reasonably well, I would say, reasonably well clothed because they're used to conditions yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're people who come. I don't, I don't like to be class about this, but the people who have come from relatively good backgrounds. Yes, you they're know, they're not people. The they're not. They're not the, the poorest of the poor. They're not people who were hungry no. up to this. You know, so they were. They had good clothes. In, when I say good, warm clothes. They they, they yeah, dressed. So they're used yeah. to. Yeah, they're yeah. used to that weather. Um, and they would have brought that with them, but no changes of clothes. Um, and then for small children, issues with nappies and all of that—that's yeah. that's a, that's a big issue. Timmy, what what when you met the mayor? 
What were they asking from your delegation? Yeah. So, so two things. One, they wanted to they wanted to thank the European Union for what it has done to date in terms of its humanitarian response, and how accommodating, particularly the neighbouring countries, are about taking refugees in. Uh, they did want to see them processed a bit more quickly because Europe did take a very quick decision that people could travel without yeah. visas, could work, would be access to certain supports in, 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 in European countries. So they were very pleased about that, but would like to see that delay on the border eased a little bit. So in other words, their kind of up. ideas. So, so open the border completely um, and do the processing on, say, we were on the Polish border, do processing in, in, in properly built camps uh, at, the other uh, side. at the other side where you have time to do it and where they have shelter yeah. so that there, there isn't that two day backlog which is which is which is particularly difficult which if numbers start to increase if could they become very could dangerous. become very dangerous because uh, then if 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 social order breaks down there yeah. then you're into stampedes yeah. and you know where that goes um, then in terms of supplies and and this is probably a hard message to deliver because there's I, I get such a good will out there from people wanting to do collections, wanting to gather goods and and they're saying to us, Well, they're working with the aid agencies. What they really need is money. Money. Yeah. So if people can have a few quid that they give collectively and it goes to the Red Cross or UNICEF or any of the aid agencies, they can buy exactly what they need where they need it. The difficulty and it's really well meaning and I'm taken by what communities are really doing, but the difficulty they're saying a truckload shows up of a mixture of everything. Yeah. There's a job to process that that takes two days to know where are the, the bits they need in yeah. it. And, and that's difficult. Now, funnily enough, on the Polish side of the border, they're happier with that. They can manage that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Because and I think that's where a lot of the trucks are going. I think so. so. Uh, but they, yeah, exactly. So, so what, they can manage them because they have time on their hands. Yes. Once they come across, yeah. they're putting them into large tents. They have some um, kind of army beds, the usual kind of yeah. makeshift accommodation. Yeah. And we saw plenty of stuff and, you know, people come and they kind of root through to find what they, what, what they might need. Yeah. But it's not as targeted as where the aid agency can say, we know today we need X. Yeah. Now, there's a store down there in Poland. We just ship the truckload of it in and, yeah. and they have it. Then they did talk. But, of course, from an Irish perspective, um, it wasn't anything we could assist with. The um, no-fly zone. The no-fly zone and a wider supply of military equipment. But because, I suppose, my role is in terms of communicating with other European countries, we put it in our report. Mm -hmm. They do want an offline zone. They were uh, trying to get those fighter jets from uh, Poland. Um, but they then talked about, which is something that Ireland can do, and I've spoken to the Taoiseach about it, um, the non-lethal military aid. So they have a shortage of uh, bulletproof vests. Yes. They have a shortage mm -hmm. of the Cavalier helmets for their for their protection, protection and some have of that, we that gear? we haven't but we can provide funding for it yeah. which we have yeah. done um, and the Taoiseach had said to me that he was already on it and, the, and that they, there was funding provided to it so again it's money and it's supplied through the the, the, the the companies that can do that and that some of that goes to the army for sure some of it goes to aid agency personnel because when you have um Medical professionals uh, in in bombed out cities or cities being bombed and shelled, you have to protect them too. So it's not all about going to the army. Um, and Can I ask you then about baby food was the other one. That was a really yes, big of one. Um, Formula of any other, of any type. Of an, yeah. yeah, because you know we met mothers who had travelled a distance. Well, the husbands brought them to the border. They were there, the husbands had left. They were come back and they were awful. there. And you know they brought little. You know, the little trolley bags that we'd often see kids going on their holidays with yeah, yeah. and they have just basic supplies and that mainly 
baby food and that, that no extra clothes like no. and, and look at what they were saying to me clothes, we have the clothes on our back that'll last we'll us manage. we'll manage yeah. there's no issue yeah. um, there seems to be huge resilience there's great resilience and but what I was kind but of taken about well sure that's it um, and then we met people that had been in Poland for a while and onwards and then I obviously before I left I had met people who had made it here um, Can I just go back to Poland yeah, sure. there? Because I'm very, I'm very taken. I'm sure we're all very taken with the Polish response, you know. <coughs> and 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 they are clearly saying nobody helped us in 1939. Yeah. Nobody helped us when Stalin invaded. Yeah. We, you know, we have that in memory in mm. us. And they seem to be incredibly making an incredible response. They are. And um, and um, look, we've all had issues with the Polish government in recent years yes. in terms of the way they have maybe managed internally some of the less some of the freedoms they have taken yes, from the media it's been very conservative so, yeah it yeah. has and kind of pushing back on reforms um, issues around where we had the repeal of the 8th amendment here Poland have been trying to regress on that yeah. they've pushed back uh, they've appointed judges in a less than what yeah. considered a democratic way so there was a lot of concern about what Poland was at yeah. um, but I have to say they've stepped up to the plate yes. Carol you know they, is, it that, is that a kind of a local response do you think that just comes from the heart because when you look at the volumes of people who are what did, what, they, have they given up their day jobs every time you look yeah. at this you mm. see people who are feeding other people and yeah, there is, out there's very much a, a, a human personal response and it's the kind of same response that seems to be emerging here but there's also an institutional response because you know a, a lot of well-meaning people coming together will not be able to get the infrastructure and structures and in place to, uh, to to move the the, 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 the large numbers. It, like it's it, it's done well and it's ordered. Like yeah. you know, the police are involved, the army are involved, the bus companies are involved. You know, yeah. the the staging post like that has to be managed almost militarily. Yes. You know, when it comes to large movements yeah. of people in disaster zones. And it's zones. important that they're moved on because Poland yeah. can't possibly. Poland, and the same, I was just talking to some colleagues in 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 what was the Czech Republic or what's, you know the old Czechoslovakia, that part of a Czech. Yeah, yeah. as it's now so called. Slovakia is, is on the Slovakia border. is on the border. Moldova. Moldova. Now, Moldova is, is, is struggling, really um, struggling because they have the Russians behind them as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're struggling. Um, Romania is doing relatively well. Hungary, uh, Hungary, Hungary is well. doing very well. Again. Czechia is even further in, isn't directly neighbouring um, the Czech okay. Republic. And they're taking a lot. I mean, the, the numbers that they have are phenomenal because they're, they're moving on yeah. to there. And, but they're being managed and they're, they're setting, you know, they're using... Um, facilities nearly like I was complimenting on the way in here um, you know sports halls school halls setting up sort of humanitarian bases now look thankfully like people that are arriving in the main are in relatively good health so you Mm -hmm. don't have you don't have people coming off the battlefield but you do have pregnant women but Um, Michael Ryan in the the WHO is incredibly worried they're very very worried because the point is that decades and decades of work has gone into eradicating diseases like TB. And he was asked a very good question the other day by uh, somebody in a question and answer. This is your man from the the head doctor in the World Health Organization. And he was asked, you know, will immigrants, and I think it's very important that we say this because we're going Mm. to be having these questions out in our community. Will immigrants be bringing disease? Will they be bringing infection? He said, well, I'm very glad you asked me that. He said, no, they won't be, Mm. you know. But what will happen, Not especially there won't be an increase, mm-hmm. yeah. obviously COVID, COVID yeah. remains a problem out there. It's what will happen to everything that has, all the work that has been done to eradicate diseases yeah. like TB, 
within within the Ukraine, they're, they're a massive population. Mm-hmm. We'll go back decades. There's people walking around with cancer who are having no treatment. Mm. So, you know, that we shouldn't be thinking in that way that anybody who comes mm. has the risk of that. But their health system is, is gone virtually. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. And like the, the, the governor was explaining to us about what had happened down in Maripol. And obviously they're, oh, they're learning from what's happening there to try and protect others. But the Russians have just targeted electricity, water, food supplies. They're effectively starving the people yeah. out. Then they bombed that uh, maternity hospital. Yes. Um, and, it, and, and it's innocent people. And, I mean, it's they're trying to present this notion that they're somehow peacekeeping. I mean, it's, it's, it really is awful. But yeah. that's, I mean, look, any, any, okay. anything you've ever studied war, of, it's awful. You know? A couple of quick fire questions sure, then, yeah, yeah. in relation to... Yeah. I saw you up with Billy Kelleher yeah. up at the Russian embassy. Um is there is there a move? Do you believe that the Russian diplomats will stay within Ireland? He's been appalling for yeah. He's been absolutely appalling. He, he has. I think he shouldn't. It's a personal view, and I and I totally get where the Minister for Foreign Affairs is coming from. In that you have to keep a link open. I've had a private conversation with him, and he's saying, "Look, we've yeah. we've people in Russia as well. If they expel the the the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. thing, yeah. look, our call for him to go." even if it doesn't happen, is as much about putting pressure on him because it heaps more pressure on the Ukrainian or on the, the Russian uh, diplomats here to show them that they're not welcome oh, and yes. that their presence is... There's a bigger problem in Dublin than, than in most uh, European countries. They have a huge amount of operatives yes. at the embassy yeah. with, with a relatively small population For of Russian people purposes. here. So the view and the expectation yeah. is that there's something else going on behind right. those. Yeah, and because yeah. it's considered, under diplomatic terms, Russian soil, nobody from Ireland can go in except they're invited. Yeah. The guards, the police can't go in. So there's very big structures. Apparently there's massive bunkers. Um, so no one really knows what's going on. What I'd like to see is a temporarily temporarily getting them out of there. So As I will look in and see, and then maybe let one or two of them back in to do that consular yes. service that we all know has yeah. to be done. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you've you've obviously reported back both to the EU group that you, with, mm. from which you're in, and also to the T-shirt. They you have you've mentioned that that thing about non-lethal uh, mm. equipment <coughs> that we can supply. What else can Ireland do? Well, Ireland, I, I suppose it's to continue what they're doing. I, I, I'm taken by the level of just you know immediate action. Um, families are t- that have availability are taking people into their homes. Now we have to be careful about that because. Not everyone will be able to accommodate a family, but they can do other things. They'll help their neighbour who has. Um, they'll maybe organise a job for somebody that comes in. They'll throw a few spare bob in a basket. Um, yeah. Like we organised a small coffee morning the other yeah. morning in Ennis. Um, you know, two hours inside in the old ground. There's ni- initially that night, I think we had 7,600 with the donations that have been dropped into my office and into uh, the, the old ground. It's nearly 8,000 at the moment. And little groups are doing it. Schools are doing it all over the place. So people are really putting the money in and it's that's going to help and support people. My understanding is that there is there's quite a few that have come already that I know. And a lot of the people that have come in already, say to Claire, have come to contacts that they have you know, from Eastern Europe, relatives or contacts or distant relations or distant contacts. And then others are saying, God, I can help that. I have a spare 
of a granny flat, you know, where yeah. somebody recently passed or whatever. And so there's a lot being done. It's huge, there's huge and I know then that the, the like register the register is and then people are, are registering with the, the Red Cross. I, I, I would say to people just to be cautious there. It's it's a big decision to make to take yes, somebody. And the initial reaction is absolutely and they register. But like they're looking for commitments of six to 12 months. Yes, of course. So yeah. unless you're fully versed for that and people shouldn't feel any shame or any difficulty that they, they that they can't do that and yeah. that's we have to be careful that we don't push yeah. people in that but if you can great but if you can't there's other stuff going on in the community as these people will come that you can help yes, with absolutely. it might be taking somebody for a trip if if you have someone Carol I might be able to take them for a drive somewhere yeah, yeah. for Which a weekend and or, 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 or take yeah. you know bring them shopping yeah. or something so like I see the best coming out in communities where community groups are coming together and they're saying how can we all do it I can take someone you can but you you know yeah. and that's really and that's what I think has to happen at local it, level it is, you need yeah. to body up with family, body up you know, and, and, and there, as I said Everyone will be able to do something in their own way, yeah. uh, how little or how large. It's and pointless <coughs> having a family five miles out of town. It's Correct. There's no transport. Yeah, or yeah. and that has to be facilities. done. Uh, exactly. And, you know, there's almost, I feel for some people, there's almost a pressure that you have to take someone and if you're not, you don't feel you're, 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 you're taking part of it. Yeah. And that shouldn't be. Yeah. It should be the case. And I think collectively as communities, yeah. we come together and we know what we can do. Like I know in the, in the first instance, um, I think in 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 um, Listoon Varna because there's hotel accommodation there. Oh, there's right. people going to be going in there in the first instance. Yeah. Now that's a good staging post because it's better than having them, you know, in, in out in a cold hall somewhere. Get get bedrooms, get fed, a bit like the direct provision in the as a welcoming centre, and then move, move them, them on. on. Yeah. Um, um, I've heard some people talk about the hotel in Scarif, which was used before, suggesting that it should be used again. Yeah. I don't know no, what the owners want to do about that, but but there's there's lots of people wanting yeah. to do something. I'm just going to put a fly in the ointment yeah. now. What happens after the six or twelve months? Where are we going to house these Most people? Most yeah. people want to go back. I think. Well, it very much depends. And they will. They be yeah. able. To? Well, that's the thing. Mm. Um, I mean, the hope would be that well, the, yeah. that the war will have have reached a point where where people will will go back, because mm-hmm. um, their homes are there. I mean, with the exception of the centres of cities, I, there doesn't seem to be attacks out in the the more rural areas of the, the smaller towns. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of place they'll go back to? Who knows? Um, some certainly will never go back. Yeah. Um, so. It, it's hard to know what it'll yes, be like really in six is, to twelve months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really is. Now there was talks of trying to build modular housing for for these people, but that takes time too. Um, and we know we have a housing crisis. Um, we know we have our own issues here, and it's not about not addressing those either because yes. we'll yeah. have to. Um, so it's very much, I think, a, a wait and see, um, yeah. and, and see and where we try to try to get to. I suppose for now we have to. There's there's an immediacy and, and there's an immediacy, and, and then things w- you know, you can plan then when you know what the numbers are. I mean, yeah. I've heard different numbers, forty thousand. It's almost like every politician that goes on is trying to get a headline by raising the number up. It's very hard to know. Yes. It, it depends d- what happens in Kiev. It depends it's on what kind of it depends on it depends on how quickly the war ends like yeah. the war will end at some point yeah. um, and it depends when that happens if it happens within the next two to three months I think you know you, 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 you your your numbers will yeah. be will be okay if it goes on protracted for you know a year year and a half people will continue well, to flow yeah. Timmy thank you so much on this I just want to ask you now one very quick question in yeah. relation to have you? Is how are you all getting on in Fianna Fáil? You've got about thirty seconds because is there bad blood there lately now between what's going on there with John McGuinness and the Minister of Health? Um, <laughs> you've now got twenty seconds. Yeah. Well, I, I've been in the parliamentary party for nearly twenty years, and so has John McGuinness. 
And there, at, 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 at nearly every meeting of the parliamentary party, John has had a pop at somebody. He, that's just his style. <laughs> his he's somebody. He gave a soother. Uh, and I have, I have often been on the receiving end of his ire on, 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 on certain issues. He's a character, um, and I think he sometimes... Um, says and does things for dramatic effect, which is always good. I've often been in, parla- in the parliamentary party at a time where there was nobody that would raise any issue and you'd end up in trouble because views weren't being kind of exchanged. exchanged yeah, or yeah, yeah. Often, uh, often <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I used to say the same thing, and I'll finish on this, about a really dear friend of mine uh, who has passed in recent years, Colm Wiley, the late ah, Colm yes, Wiley, who was, yes. who was just an amazing man. But, but we used to have Fianna Fáil meetings and... Like it's like anything. If there isn't a good row, it's hard to get people to come back because if the thing is going along, coasting along, but um, boring and gets boring, and then people say, "Was there any point in having the meeting?" And Cullum was one of the wisest men I know for for those kind of things. And whenever they'd be coasting along, and you think, "Oh, this is going to be boring," I mean, Cullum would write something from left field that you would never <laughs> expected. He'd get a row going, and people would be really riled up. And he's, you'd have a, a bigger haul the next night, and the night that there'd be real trouble that the likes of me or someone would be coming under pressure. Colm would always stand up and he'd ease the troops and he'd explain the hard stuff yes, and you know them. so so there's a bit of the, the John McGuinness there you <laughs> That's know okay. it's about well I just let that uh, be a sort of a light thing to end but uh, on behalf of Gareth Bayridge I think thank you very much for coming in and thank you for continuing to represent us in relation to I think how most of us feel about the Ukrainian crisis and how we want it to be you know the number one thing that we're thinking about in, in you know at the, at the moment mm. it's always know. a pleasure and thanks very thank much you for very much Timmy thank you we'll, we'll talk to you soon uh, you can have a scone now <laughs> 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 it's a pity